Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Howard. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley. Before we get to the Oilers discussion, very quickly, want to let you know about DraftKings. If you're going to sign up today and play some daily fantasy sports, make sure to use promo code THPN. It can help you out along the way. Of course, the NHL in full swing, the NBA. We just found out earlier this week that Major League Baseball is returning, so you can do that as well. The NFL, when it gets going, golf, Players' Championship over the weekend, as well as a UFC Lots of fun to be had with DraftKings. Make sure to sign up today. Use promo code THPN when you do so. And we've got a great show coming up for you today here on the Other Connor Podcast. Of course, the Edmonton Oilers coming off the big win over the Washington Capitals, a game in which they cleaned up quite a few things. Almost, almost got screwed by the refs. But in overtime, when the superstars need to make a play, Connor McDavid came through. We'll talk about that game and this weekend's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning with Jeff Walker of TSN 1260. He, of course, a part of the Dave Jameson Show with Matthew Awanik. You can hear that Monday through Friday from noon till 2. Give Jeff a follow on Twitter at JeffWalker30. And we're also going to preview the weekend's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning with Eric Erlenson. He, of course, covers the team with LightningInsider.com. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Eric Erlenson. He's been covering the team for a long time. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are a very, very good hockey team. We saw it uh, towards the end of February. The Oilers playing a pretty good game, actually, but still losing 5-3. to three. Uh, for the Lightning, though, coming off a couple losses, it hasn't been great in Canada. A 7-4 loss to the Winnipeg Jets, and then on Thursday evening, they fell to the Flames, which a lot of teams do. The Calgary Flames, let's face it, playing very good hockey. Uh, they were victorious 4-1 to in that one. It's the first time this year that the Tampa Bay Lightning have lost consecutive games in regulation. And we are in early to mid-March. So uh, Tampa Bay, obviously a very good hockey team, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Be a great test for the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday night when the two teams meet down at Rogers Place. If you're looking for some pregame coverage, tune into TSN 1260. I'll be there. Tom Gazzola, former NHLer Matt Cassian, will be there as well for some pregame coverage. And then for postgame, tune into TSN 1260. The boys are back with Hernan Salas. Right now, though, let's talk a little bit about the Oilers, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about the NHL, because I think the officiating in the league right now is a little bit fishy. Let's talk to Jeff Walker right now, TSN 1260. As I mentioned, you can give him a follow on Twitter at JeffWalker30. Jeff, thanks for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Connor? 
I'm good, Jeff. You know what? Uh, I like to take people behind the scenes of when I tape. On the last podcast, I had a Wanik on with me, and I dropped an entire coffee. Like, straight up, a full coffee, right before we were going on. No way. And I was... Shit, there was my phone. Oops. That's why we get the explicit rating, because I swear sometimes. Never badly. And, uh... Yeah, so today I didn't drop my coffee. So I'm already off to a better start. Yeah, definitely, because not only do you have to clean up the mess, but you're you're short of coffee. I'm short of coffee. And right, then I went like, back and bought another one, and it was disgusting. What? What made it disgusting? Roll up the rim didn't even work on my app. Oh, my goodness. And everybody's supposed to be a winner on that one now. Yeah. Yeah, here's your 10 points. Uh, do you, you don't drink coffee. I, I don't drink coffee, but uh, I appreciate that people go crazy over coffee and rolling up the rim. I think it's rigged. Yeah. Do you have to roll up the rim anymore? Not or anymore. Is it just... So it's on your app. So you scan the app when you buy it, and then you go to the app and you roll it up, and it's like, congrats, you got 10 points. Then you, you need 70 for a coffee. So you're not rolling up anything. You're not rolling up the rim. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing I, in I, itself. I feel like they might reward the people that buy it every day. And then by like the 14th time on your app, because they can track it, then maybe you win big. But I don't know. Yeah, no, that seems kind of weird. And yeah. like, if you're no longer rolling up a rim, why are you still calling it roll up the rim? Exactly. Right? It should exactly. be just check your app. I love roll up the rim. Yeah. Well, you know what it's fan You know, and it wasn't easy to do all the time. No. Some of those rims were, were tough to get up. People so. like made devices to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I still love Tim Hortons. I don't want to sound like I'm oh, big on Oh, definitely. Them, yeah, Timmy's is great. But today I went with a Starbucks iced coffee. Nice. Vanilla. Anyways, let's talk about the Be Oilers, Be careful Jeff. with that. You don't yeah, want to spill it. <laughs> don't tell the engineers I spilt in here last time. No, I won't. I, I won't. It was That's... away from the courts and everything. So. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, for the Edmonton Oilers, big win Wednesday night against the Capitals. Um, Maybe we were pretty close to just letting loose on the officials, and we still were. Um, Zach Hyman, Alexander Ovechkin, probably the most blatant hooking call I've seen in a long time. And it wasn't even like one pull. It was like one really good pull, and then a second separating skater from puck. The Capitals tie the game up. We know how it works out. Connor McDavid puts the team on his shoulders, gets the win, but... uh What's your thoughts on the way the Oilers played and, I guess, the missed call? Well, I thought they played pretty good against Washington. Uh, Washington is a, a pretty good team. You have lots of weapons on that team. They came out. They played well. I thought Miko Koskinen had a pretty good game as well. You know, he's he's been looking really sharp lately. And, uh, you know, um, with all the, the, the weird goalie conversations and stuff going on around that team, it's good to know that Miko can kind of keep things together and uh, just keep things in, like, keep his eyes on his own. Own game kind of thing and come yeah. out with a, a a big game there. Um, overall, I thought they played really well. They did deserve the two points. Um, I would like to have seen them get it in regulation time. Not that it matters that Washington gets another point because they're in a different uh, conference. But Didn't matter, yeah. It, it's still the principle of the thing, right? They should have been able to lock that down in regulation. And you're like, and you're you're a hundred percent right when you say like that is a penalty every. Every day, every day. Like, in fact, if you went to the rule book and they showed a, a diagram of what hooking is, that's exactly what it would be. And we've seen it, you know, like I'm old enough to know what the 80s and 90s looked like. And you saw people water skiing on players all the time. And that's exactly what it was. The fir- first hook. OK, you know what? Maybe I can see them getting away from calling that one. Uh, but the second one, like he he put his stick in the wrong position and then leaned back on the hook. And that's why Hyman kind of got knocked off stride. So, like, that's a penalty 
Every day, every day, and Washington did score it up, uh, score to tie the game late in the game. But you're right uh, in uh, overtime once again. Connor McDavid came through, right? He put the team on his back, scored the big goal, got the two points for the Oilers, which is big, right there. They're still in a playoff race. Uh, uh, some of the teams in front of them are starting to stumble a little bit, and so the Oilers are right there. Yeah, like getting hurt too. Yeah, and I mean the Buffalo Sabers in Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo. Did the Oilers' big favor knocking off the Golden Knights? So, you know, if they can start to get it going, I mean, the, and these are the two games here, right? Like you got the Caps, who you got to get up for, and then on Saturday night, the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're going to talk to Eric Erlenson in a minute here about the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they've lost two straight games. Maybe, maybe they're a little bit vulnerable, or maybe they're pissed off and they're going to come in here and you know play with that attitude. But you know, you get those wins, you get points out of those games, and you got the Sabers and the Red Wings, and those are winnable games. So. Really, they, they're still right there in the hunt. And I, man, I, I flip flop very quickly. Five days ago, I was like, I don't know if I believe in this team. And then they go out there and they play to that level against the Capitals. And I think, you know, maybe they can be this good of a hockey team. It's, it's always up in the air for me. The talent is there, right? It's not that they're a bad hockey team. They just don't always put it all together on the ice every game. And that's the one thing that they need to, to really figure out as a team is how to get that same effort for every single hockey game, no matter who yeah. the opponent is, right? You play that same game uh, that you played against Washington, against some of those teams that you lost uh, the week before, like against Chicago and Philly. Oh, yeah. uh, well, you know, they beat Philly, but it still wasn't the greatest Ugly. effort from, from the Oilers. But if you put that really hard effort into every single hockey game, not only are you going to be a successful team, but I think the Oilers have enough that they'd be able to make maybe not a run right to the Stanley Cup, but at least make it out of the first round of the playoffs. But somehow they have to figure out how to get that to happen every single time they take the ice. And uh, I'm not sure that you can even really count it as a coaching thing now, because we've seen even with Jay Woodcroft, like they came out and played hard for him at uh, the beginning. But some of their old habits have started to kind of creep into their game again. So... Is it something in uh, the dressing room? Like, is there something else going on that we don't know about uh, from the outside looking in? I'm not sure. But uh, until they start putting that that effort in every single game, you know what? They're just going to be spinning their tires a little bit. You know what? And I don't know if it's a long-term answer. And if it was, it probably would have happened already. But I, I love in the bottom six what Brad Malone brought. You know, Ooh, yes. this isn't a guy in the bottom six like... Well, you know, you're young and you're learning. Like, no, this is a guy who's fighting to play in the NHL and clearly loves the game. He's been playing in the AHL was like, what, five years in between goals and three years in between points, whatever it was. Like, I, I love what he brought to the bottom six. And I don't, when the Oilers get healthy, he probably finds himself out of the lineup. But, you know, just having that guy in there that's like, this is a privilege, guys. Playing in the NHL is a privilege and you got to work hard if you want to do it consistently. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's probably not that simple, but that was one thing that I love to see. From the Oilers, like, doesn't matter who you're playing, you just got to work your tail off. And, and what a moment for him, and not yeah. just him, for us fans as well. Like, what was that, the first goal he scored since, like, 2015, I think? Yeah. Like, it, it's an unbelievable story how hard this guy has worked to not just, you know, get back into the league, but to stay around long enough that he'd get the opportunity to get back into the league, right? Because there's got to be days where that guy woke up in the morning asking himself, like, why am I still doing this? Right, you know, big like time, I've worked time. so hard to get to this point and it doesn't look like I'm going to get another opportunity. But he fought through that, kept working hard and persevered. And now he scored a big goal for the Edmonton Oilers when they're in the middle of a playoff race to, to, to get them back into that race. And 
It was just an amazing story, and it's great to see. And he had a great game. I love what the bottom six has been bringing. Tyler Benson looks like a brand new player over the last couple months. I get that he's not in the lineup as often as, you know, I think some of us think maybe he should be. Yeah. And he's probably never going to be that top, you know, one or two line type of player, but he's changed his game a little bit to, to, to be that player that the Oilers need, you know, somebody that's not afraid to go into the corners and, you know, like he's making some good passes out there as well. So like, I think there's an NHL player there. Maybe you're not uh, a steady, always in the lineup type player, but you know, I think there's somebody there and like somebody that you can bring into the lineup to do a job, which is good to see. So it's another story like Brad Malone, a, yeah. a player that's persevering and it's great to see on the Oilers. And he's kind of an interesting story because I mean, if you're from the Edmonton area, you heard about this kid. I don't know, it's Southside Athletic Club, wherever it yeah. was, and I was like, oh, he's breaking all these records, and then he goes first overall to the Giants and has some injuries, and, you know, I think he's intelligent enough to know, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah. So, whatever gets me in the lineup, that's what I'm gonna do, and, you know, maybe he's gonna get that opportunity to showcase his offensive ability, and I think we've seen it in glimpses. We've seen flashes of it, for sure. <clears throat> Not consistently, but yeah, we've seen glimpses of it, so I think he he knows, I gotta do what I gotta do to stay out there, and when I get my opportunities, take advantage of it, so that. You know, he he's interesting to watch. I just brought it up here. Brad Malone, his last point. So when he got the assist, I tweeted it out. February 28th of 2016, Oilers against the Blues. Yeah. When he got the goal, it was his first goal since December 3rd of 2015. That's when he played for the Hurricanes. They lost 5-1. Jay McClement got the assist on that one. So... <clears throat> seven years in between goals. It's unreal, right? <laughs> and, and you know, like you could see it in his face, right? Yeah. You know, like when he was sitting on the bench and they showed him after he scored that goal, you could see how, like, he realized that all the work that he's put in, everything that he's like, like I said, he probably got up in the morning and asked himself, why am I still doing this? You know, like it, it was a complete realization of his dream again. And it was so great to see. And the other players on the bench, they know it as well, right? And that's got to fire them up as, uh, you know, as a team, right? So, you know, it's great to see. I, I'd love to see. I hope Brad Malone has some more, uh, uh, some more in the tank because I think they're going to need him coming down the stretch as well, especially because they still have some pretty key injuries on yeah. the, the front end, right? So uh, I, I think he's got more to give and I think the Oilers are, are looking for him to give that and we know he can pot it, right? So. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool to see. I asked Shreddy, I was like, what's it like when a guy like that gets the goal and he said, buddy, the room loves it. Yeah. Like, everybody will freak out because it's like a guy who's just been paying his dues and like the, gives you the honest effort every night. Like you don't have to worry about what he's going to do. He's going to work hard. He's going to do all the little things. And not only that, we had Colin Chalk, the Condors head coach on. And I guess after the, his first game back up, he like texted him like, Hey, do you see me? I'm working on the outside. I'm like working on the board play and like the Condors love it. Yeah, and, and they're going to talk about it. And I think Chalk said he was going to mention it before the pregame to get the boys fired up because you know when you're a AHL player and one of your guys goes up to the pro and, and scores the goal, like that's a big deal. So I I love that story and you know great story of perseverance. But like you said, like he's he's got to keep doing that and he will because that's the type of player he is. Uh, another transaction yesterday: the Oilers signing Marcus Niemelainen into a two-year contract extension, AAV of seven hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars. Year one is a two-way. Year two is a one-way. So Marcus Niemelainen gets rewarded. He's down in Bakersfield. Uh, and obviously, we've heard that his wife is giving birth shortly. So congratulations to those two. Definitely. That's awesome news. But uh, good news on the, the money front as well. He gets locked up, a little job security. And for Oilers fans, I mean, this guy, I mean, he brings something we haven't seen to this lineup in so long. What What do you think the future of Marcus Niemelainen is? Like, I would say third pairing helps out on the penalty kill. 
and adds that physical presence. Where do you see him down the road here? Well, and I, I'm going to have to kind of agree with you. I don't think he's ever going to be like a top pairing guy. You can probably slide him into maybe the the number four hole every once in a while if you need it. Uh, but he's a good pairing. Uh, I think he's going to turn into a shutdown guy. Like he's got that size to him, right? Like you can see this guy's going to be clearing out the front of the net for a long time for the Oilers. And you're right. It's something that they haven't really had in a long time. You have a lot of hardworking guys on uh, the defensive side of it, but you don't have the hardworking, really physical guys. Yeah. And that's what Nemo line and brings to the lineup and it's great to see i love watching him step up on and get the big hits and the best part about it is that he really seems to know when to to go right you know you see a lot of players they'll step up for the big hit and all of a sudden there's a two-on-one going the other way like sure you got the big hit and everything but uh, you're also you know giving up a chance and i haven't seen that with nima line yet he seems to know that uh to to pick his opportunity to, to make that hit but also to make sure that he's watching his his own end at the same time. And, you know, not every player can do that. And so it shows that he's got a little bit of hockey sense going on. And with his overall size, he, he just looks like a good, serviceable NHL defenseman, right? Yeah. Like I said, not a top-pairing guy, but you can probably slide him up into the second pairing if needed. But that third pairing, you know what, if he's patrolling your blue line, teams are going to know he's out there. Yeah, and I mean, it, he, he makes a big hit, and it's, it, I don't think it's, he's like, I gotta get on the highlight reel, I gotta, you know, set the tone. I think it's like, that's how I can play. I separate player from puck, and then that's a good, that's a good play defensively. Yeah, and yeah he, he picks his spots well, I really like it, and I just like the, the element of danger that he brings to your team. That like, okay, we're playing the Oilers. Watch out for big, big 80. He might knock you out. Watch out for number 91. He might punch you, he might take a run. The Oilers really haven't had that. In a while, like Darnell Nurse had it earlier on, but I think now he's kind of taking that that mentality that I got to play twenty to twenty five minutes. I can't be taking stupid penalties, which I kind of miss. I kind of miss like nasty Darnell Nurse. But now you got Nima Line and you got Kane, um, Archibald getting closer to returning. I just seeing on Twitter Tom Gazzola, uh tweeting out that Mike Smith on the ice, as are Koskinen and Skinner, Tyson Berry, Chris Russell skating. And looks like Josh Archibald might be good for Saturday. So, whatever your views on Josh Archibald are for you know the vaccine and stuff, it, I I respect his choice. He's going to make his choice based on what he thinks is best for his body. But I think you can't really deny if he gets back there and he can play the way he has. That's another huge addition for the Oilers' bottom six. Unfortunately, only on home games. Uh, would you look to trade him if? If there's a market out there for a guy like Josh Archibald? You know, that's a tough one, because I do like what Archibald brings to the table as well. There's... He was one of those guys, we just kind of talked about how there wasn't really enough sandpaper in the lineup, and the one thing I liked about Archibald was his forecheck. He got right in there on guys, he ran the, ran them into the, the end boards. Um, really fast, fire plug kind of a guy, and you know, like... You really missed him in the lineup this year. I think you really did, you know, and I think oh, uh, yeah. Ken Holland was really counting on that to be the sandpaper guy for him this year. What his views on the vaccine aside, that's up to him. You know, everybody does get their own choice on that one. If you can make a deal that makes sense to move on from him, I probably would. You know, you're a Canadian market team, so you're going to be going down to the States a little bit more often, right? So, yeah. like, it's it'll be a hole in the lineup if they have to pull him out all the time. So I think if the deal is there, I probably make it. But at the same time, you got to get that same type of player back because I think that that's one thing that the Oilers have really missed in their lineup. That guy that's going to go in, bang and crash on the four check, get the puck back. 
Um, and that's what Archibald did. So if you can get a player back for that, or maybe, you know, get a pick and get another player like that from another team before the deadline. Yeah, you know what? I'd probably move on from him. But if you can't get that type of player, I'd rather have him in the lineup for a couple games in, in Canada than not have that player or that type of player in your lineup at all. Yeah. You know, like for me, I kind of look at it this way. I mean, how many, almost every game we see changes in the bottom six, right? That's where Archibald is. So I don't think it's the biggest adjustment if you play him only in Canada. Now, if you're coming off a win on the road, you come back and say, hey, Josh, we're not changing the lineup. That's his own fault, right? That's yep. that's a direct result of his choices. That's consequences. That's the way it's going to be. But I think you can move guys in and out of your bottom six, you know, and, and I don't think it really matters if you're on the road or, I mean, that's, that happens almost every game anyways. Yeah, we saw that with Tippett, right? Yeah. Tippett, he was always adjusting his bottom so six. I think that, I mean, if, if that's the, if that's how it has to be, then that's how it has to be. If you're not going to get a serviceable return, and I just think like, throwing out a hypothetical, cause I've never seen it. Let's say the Flames hang around in that second spot. The Oilers, they surpass Vegas and Dallas, jump up into that seven spot or whatever. And like, you get the Oilers Flames. Josh Archibald, you have to have him in your lineup. Definitely. And it works out that way, so he can drive back and forth. Like, uh, it would just be so perfect. And who knows? Maybe we get to a point, we know the NFL's already thrown away their COVID protocol. Maybe the NHL gets there. Maybe numbers drop off, partly because we're not testing anymore, and they feel in hospitalizations go down, and, and maybe we trend in the right direction, and the NHL says, you know what? We can get rid of it. And then you have Josh Archibald. It's, it's tough. And if I was Ken Holland, I mean... I'm sure he has, and I'm sure someone's spoken to the league, but I'd be asking, is that going to happen? Because we got a guy here, and we'd prefer him in our lineup, but we don't know what's going to go on. Yeah, and I agree. You know, he should be looking into that, right? Because yeah. you, you want to have all the information before you make that deal. Because, you know, like we said, you know, Josh Archibald's a guy that you want to have in your bottom six for what he brings to the table. So, yeah, you know, it, well, it's going to be interesting coming up to the deadline to see what Ken Holland really does with this team. Like, you're, you're at a position now where I don't think you want to spend too many assets because I'm not sure how far you're going to make it anyway. But also you want to kind of show the team that it's time to start winning games now. So, you know, you want to kind of maybe do something to get them in that mindset. Like, look, the, the, the team's still believing in us this year to, to get something done. So, well, it'll be interesting to see what Ken Holland does there. But when it comes to Archibald and training him, yeah, get all that information. And uh, you're you're right. If he gets into the lineup, like if it's an Oilers-Calgary, uh, uh, Oilers-Flames playoff series, first off, I want to say I would love that. That would be absolutely have you, have awesome. Have you seen one? Uh, I have. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm an old guy. But you would have been very young, right? Um, Probably the last one, well, the one I remember the most was the one uh, when Flurry scored in that uh, game six overtime and did that skate across the ice. I, I won't forget, forget that, that one. But you know, <laughs> then again, like uh, you know, the Calgary didn't win that series, right? So you know, yeah. like it was all good. You know, like it was a flashy play. I guess that was probably that actually might be the last battle of Alberta as well. That one. I don't know if there was I'm another one after all. that, but I, I saw Oilers Stars, Oilers Avs. That's all I got. I do know in the 80s, I saw a lot of Battle of Alberta. So, you know, like, not, I, I was pretty young to, to remember the playoff series, but, yeah. um, I do remember just how mean and rough those series can be. And, and you know, for when we saw Matthew Kachuk and, uh, Vander Kane kind of getting into other, into each other's kitchens there in that last game, I, I think that just made me want to have that Battle of Alberta even more. Cause let, let's, 
let's be honest, right? You know, like if they're, if in a regular season game, these two are already starting to go after it a little bit. Yeah. A seven game series, you know that that's going to boil over into something, we'll say unique, at least unique for this time period. And if people like, we know people have said like, well, what gets Cassian going? If that series wouldn't get him going with, especially with the history with Kachuk and everything, Nothing would. Exactly. It would just be so much fun. Like, I, I just want that so bad. I know. So do I. You know, like, uh, there's, there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, you don't want to go against Calgary because they're such a good team. You know what? Throw that away. It's the playoffs, right? Any team can come out of any series. So it doesn't matter who you're, you're playing. But if you want to watch some good hockey, either way, whether your team loses or not, and I'm not saying that the Oilers would go into a series against Calgary and lose, I think they'd have a good chance against them. Uh, but that's the series you want, right? You want that that series of the two two teams that don't like each other that you like to watch play, right? That's what you need. You know what? The Oilers went into that series against the Blackhawks a couple of years ago. Favorites. Yeah, heavy favorites. They went to that series against the Jets, probably favorites. Maybe they need to go in as an underdog, and it would could not be better than the Flames. Like, And even if you lose, well, you lost the last two years anyways, but at least it'd be fun hockey. Exactly, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Jeff, just quickly before we go here, Jack Michaels, uh, the voice of the Oilers. I mean, I guess he does it on radio and TV, so I'm just going to call him the voice of the Oilers. At Edmonton, Jack tweeting out projected lineup. Uh, Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto. McLeod, Drysaddle, Hyman, Fogel, Shore, Ryan, Archibald, Malone, Cassian. I like that fourth line. And then the defensive pairings, he's got Nurse, CeCe, Keith Bouchard, Broberg, and Barry with Miko Koskinen. Anything stand out to you in that lineup? Uh, well, I like that they're going back to Koskinen, for sure. That's good to see. Uh, Tyson Berry, good to see him back in the lineup. Like, yep. you know, a lot of people, uh, are hard on Tyson Berry, but you know, when you take him out of the lineup, you really miss a lot of offense, uh, from the back end. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Chris Russell get back into the lineup pretty soon. I know he's not listed in the lineup there, but yeah, I think that's another, that, that's another piece that I think that will uh, be good. Getting back in there, um, that fourth line, man, that could be a banging and crashing line, right? <laughs> like, that's what you want to see, and you need that against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is so good at moving the puck out of their own end, so if you can get into their kitchen uh, early into that into that game, especially since they've lost the last couple of games, if you can get on them early, you might have a chance to to to, to get a victory against Tampa. Uh, but like I said, I think for me the thing that stands out the most there is that they are going back to Koskinen, which I, I really I, I'm glad to see that they're they're going to do that. I think it's time that we move on from Mike Smith a little bit. Maybe I'd like to see Stuart Skinner get a game, but you know what? You can play him against the teams next week when it's not the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? So I think it's yeah, good. yeah. I mean. Uh, with a goaltending thing, it's it's best we just leave it there. Yeah, let's. Yeah. let's hope. I, I think we've all discussed that as much as we can. Let's hope Miko's not fatigued and he's ready to go, and and he can carry the load, and maybe Skinner gets an opportunity. Hell, let's hope Mike Smith's healthy, and he's so streaky. It was like my one concern when he signed with this team, and we got two really good years of good streaks. This year was pretty bad, so it's not the craziest thing in the world to think he could get back out there and go on a hell of a run. You never know. It could happen. You never things know. Have. Jeffy. 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 You know what? When I was doing my intro for this, yeah. I, I prepped it. I also called you Jeffy. Yeah, that's okay. You know what? I've been getting called Jeffy my whole life. I, yeah, it's I, Jeffy or Walker. That, I, those are the ones I get. I edited it, and then I went back to Jeffrey. So I'm, you know, karma got me. Either way. I guess you're Jeffy way. now. Jeffy, thanks for doing this. No, thanks for having me, Connor. 
The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins as the action rolls on. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a big bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If a sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21-plus restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. In Arizona, you can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, New Hampshire, 1-800-522-4700. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. In New York, 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or you can text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. For Oregon, OPGR.org. In Tennessee, you can call or text the TN red line, 1-800-889-9789. And in Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Must be 21+, plus, 18+, plus in New Hampshire or Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Big thank you to Jeff Walker of TSN 1260 for hopping on the podcast today. As I mentioned, you can give him a follow on Twitter at JeffWalker30. You can hear him on the Dave Jameson Show with Matthew Awanek Monday through Friday from noon till 2, just before the Jason Greger Show with myself, Struddy, and Gregor. Right now, let's turn our attention to the opponent on a Saturday night. Of course, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions roll into town, the Tampa Bay Lightning, losers of two straight, I might add. Uh, it should be a fun one. 8 o'clock puck drop down at Rogers Place on a Saturday night. For that, we bring in Eric Erlenson, who covers the team down in Tampa. He's been doing so for 20 years. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Eric underscore Erlenson. Also, check out his website, lightninginsider.com. Eric, thank you so much for doing this today. How are you doing? I am good. I'm enjoying the lovely Florida weather, although it's stormy this weekend, so I'm not sure it's actually better. Now, when you say stormy, I mean, what comes to mind here? Is that a big wind, rain? How is that? It's not the snowstorm we get up here. <laughs> Definitely not snow, um, but uh, there are some... Uh, actually, we're going to get really cold by our standards. It's supposed to drop down in the, the upper 30s uh, Fahrenheit here over the weekend there's um, some pretty nasty thunderstorms rolling through over the weekend so it's going to give us a rare march cool down all right so i'm just trying to look that up here 30 degrees fahrenheit just going to the conversion minus one okay yeah that's that's kind of that is a little bit chilly so all right yeah you, you guys kind of experience what we're going through here now i do have to ask you a question here i went down to a uh, tampa bay lightning game Jeez, uh, 
maybe 15 years ago. It was Lightning Islanders. It was it was so much fun. The fan base down there in Tampa was was awesome. Like every song that came on, they were clapping. I think they had thundersticks given away at that night. Uh, but the the one thing my friend and I had was, you know, a lot of people around us still didn't quite know the game. Still had some questions. Uh, how much in the last 15 years, especially with the two time Stanley Cup champions? I guess you guys won back in 2004. Was it with you know Saint yeah. Louis and Le Cavalier? Just how much has hockey grown in the Tampa area in the last 20 years? Boy, if you could encapsulate when you were here the last time and then compare it if you came again, you would see such a noticeable difference. Um, you know, that 2004 team, I've, I've said it many times, that that the generation of Lightning fans were born that year. They had never experienced the Stanley Cup run. You know, the year before they had won a round, but they were still out after two rounds. And, you know, it was just kind of, you know, knocking on the consciousness of a lot of the sports fans here. But that 04 run, going through the emotions and the roller coasters and the ups and downs, and, you know, seeing the cop awarded on home ice and Ruslan Fedotenko's a, a hero in this town for his two-goal performance there in Game 7. And then flash forward now, you know, 15 years later since you've been here, but, you know, we're talking 18 years since they won that cup. The, the fan base has obviously grown. The success of the team over the past eight, nine years certainly helps that. Winning a couple of cups doesn't hurt that. Um, but it is such a loyal, passionate fan base now that uh, you, I think you would be surprised at the difference if you came down and watched the game now compared to 15 years ago. Oh, I mean, I, I'd love to. I mean, at the time, I'm sure it still is. The rink was awesome. Like I said, the fan base was so energetic, which was such a big change of pace from what you see in Edmonton sometimes. You get the kind of the, the business crowd a little more laid back, but it was a lot of fun, and, and I do hope to get down there once again. And this is an Oilers-based podcast, and you guys did defeat the Calgary Flames. So also did the Oilers fan base a huge favor back in 2004. Uh, the current edition of the Lightning, unfortunately, fell to the Flames on Thursday evening. Before that, on Tuesday, they lost to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the last couple games here up in Canada for Tampa haven't been the greatest uh, defensively. I mean, they've allowed 11 goals in two games. That's never great. Is, is this just uh, you know one of those things that, that happens every once in a while? Or have you noticed anything in their play that uh, might give more of a reason for this? Well, there's a couple reasons. Uh, first of all, it's the first time they've lost back-to-back games in regulation all year, so you're 57 games in, and you're just doing that for the first time. I think a lot of fans uh, would you know, think that that's a good season, and it has been for Tampa Bay, obviously. Um, but what we've seen here in the last couple of games, you know, their February schedule was so stuttered. Right? Like they're off for eight days coming out of the All-Star break, and they play three games in six nights, and then they're off for another eight days, and then you have the outdoor game you know, in Nashville that uh, they poured a lot of emotion into. Uh, and, and, and since then, it's it's been slow starts, sluggish starts. Uh, they've actually given up the first goal, I think, in eight of the past 11 games uh, heading into the game against Edmonton. Uh, so they've had that, that sort of an issue kind of creep into their game a little bit. They've looked a little out of sync defensively. Um, you know, you, you hope, if you're a Lightning fan, if you're the coaching staff, that it's just one of those stretches that come during any season. And, you know, we haven't seen an 82-game season now in a couple of years, right? Yeah. So maybe we're not used to seeing this. Last year was kind of a sprint to 56. Obviously, in 2020, it was disrupted due to the pandemic and then getting to the bubble. Um, so I, I think that they're just kind of pinning it on, you know, some of that stuff, and, and they hope to kind of work their way through this year. And this is a tough stretch of schedule that they're in. They play 10 out of 11 games on the road. So that's 11 games in 11 cities in four different time zones. 
My goodness. Yeah, that's a bit of a, ch- no, that's a challenge for any team. And I mean, you, you bring up a good point there. I mean, coming off the high of that outdoor game against the Preds and, uh, going on the road, a uh, bit of a tough schedule there. Uh, well, it, very impressive though. We're so far into the season and the Lightning still, you know, that's the first time they've lost two games back to back in regulation. That, that's outstanding. And, uh, you know, I, I think the, the cure for not being able to score first is a matchup against the Edmonton Oilers, who I think has done it like seven times all year. So they, they really like to play <laughs> coming from behind. Uh, these two teams met a couple weeks ago, February 23rd, uh, the Lightning with a big 5-3 win over the Oilers. But I think you talked to a lot of Oilers fans. They were happy with the way the Oil played in that one. Uh, since then, uh, any big changes for the Lightning in terms of the lineup? Nothing major. Um, they've gotten Zach Bogosian back on the back end. Um, you know, that's the one thing with this team this year. They, they've, the last two games are the only two games this year. They've had all seven, their top defensemen healthy at the same time. Um, you know, so Bogosian is back. They dressed seven defensemen, uh, against Calgary. We'll see what the lineup looks like, uh, you know, starting a back to back set because they play in Vancouver on Sunday. Um, you know, so no, no major shakeups, no major issues with, with the roster and, uh, you know, they, what they really need right now, uh, other than, you know, having a better start, is to get their top guys going. You know, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov have been relatively quiet over the past few games. Um, and, if uh, you know, they were really good in the last matchup with Edmonton. Uh, so we'll see if they can kind of find their game here uh, against the Oilers this time around. Now, Eric, from an outsider's perspective, when you look at this Edmonton team, uh, what do you, what comes to mind? I mean, obviously McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh MVPs in this league, scoring leaders. Uh, Drysaddle's been a 50-goal scorer, but the team success just haven't been there. Uh, when you look at this team, what do you see? I see not a whole lot of depth behind the top two guys. Um, you know, Yamamoto has had uh, you know a, a pretty good year this year. Obviously, you know, Nugent Hopkins is injured right now. Um, you know, once you get beyond those guys, I know Zach Hyman's had a pretty good year for them coming in, uh, moving over from Toronto, but. You know, you start to go down that lineup and you're like, okay, where else are you going to get consistent scoring from, consistent production from? You know, and then, of course, what everybody else looks at is, is the goaltending. You know, what are you going to get on any given night? And that can't be a comforting feeling for a team not knowing what kind of a performance. You might get a stellar performance from Koskinen or you might get a couple of goals where you're like, oh, how did that get by him? And I think that's probably has to be frustrating for, you know, Edmonton fans and anybody who follows that team to know, you know, you're not going to, they're not knowing what you're going to get on a nightly basis. No, I, I, I don't know if I like to make the comparison because, like, the Tampa Bay Lightning to me are, there's just so much depth and, and they've done such a good job, job in the personnel department. But some people in Edmonton will, will be quick to point out that, you know, before the Lightning won two cups, they had a little bit of disappointment and they, they had that first round exit against the Columbus Blue Jackets, I believe, where they were swept. Um, when you, when you see the Oilers and the Lightning is too, you know, the Oilers don't have Victor Hedman, I know, or Vasilevsky, but do, do you think that there can be a lesson learned from the, some of the things that they've gone through? Yeah, it, it is a hard comparison, um, just because, you know, the Lightning had made, you know, a few conference finals. They'd made a Stanley Cup <laughs> final, uh, even going into that, uh, 2019 series loss to Columbus when they had such a great, regular season, whereas Edmonton, what they've only been to the playoffs once in that span, if I'm not wrong, um, you know, if I'm not right, um, you'll correct me on that, but um, you do sometimes have to lose to learn how to win, and I think that's what this team went through. Uh, they're hard lessons to learn. They're not fun to go through at the time, but if you can find that breakthrough and come out on the other side, that's the payoff, right? And I remember, you know, when they won that cup 
in 2020 thinking about, you know, the, the journey of a thousand miles, you know, is, is when you, when you finally get to that destination, how rewarding is it? Uh, and sometimes you have to go through, you know, the detours and the potholes and the speed bumps, whatever analogy you want to put in there to reach that destination. It, it does kind of make the, the, you know, the journey that much sweeter. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like to bring it up because I just think you know Tampa's they're built so strong, they drafted so well. Kucherov getting him later in the draft, and Braden Point to this day watching him with Moose Jaw, I still don't know how he fell so far. And uh, the landing obviously some great superstars, but man, they did a really good job drafting and developing. Uh, been a lot of fun to watch this team, uh, especially that bubble season when they were here in Edmonton. Now, I got to ask you about the big rig, Pat Maroon, uh, a fan favorite still here in Edmonton. Uh, what has he brought to this team coming over a couple years ago? Obviously, I mean, the guy's just a ticket to the Stanley Cup finals, it seems, but what has he brought to this team on and off the ice? Uh, off the ice personality. I mean, they don't call him <laughs> Florida man for nothing. If, uh, you know, you see any of the pictures from the, the couple of celebration parades that they've had the last couple of years here and, and what he brings. But, you know, he brings that personality to the room as well. And, you know, and that personality carries over on the ice. I mean, he's probably one of the better chirpers in the league. He knows how to get under opponent's skin a little bit and then kind of, you know, take the uh, attention away. But also, you know, when when this team in, in that 1920 season, you know, by the time they got to December, they were a middling team. They were right around the cusp of the, you know, the wild card spot. In that year, and, and Pat Maroon was brought in to kind of bring some of that understanding of what it takes to win because of what he just accomplished with St. Louis the year before. And he kind of looked around and said, hey, you know, you guys are still dealing with a hangover here. Move on. Get past it. We've got a season here. we got something we can do that's special. Let's go out and perform like we can. And, you know, that kind of happened around December a little bit and kind of brought the team in uh, together. And obviously they went on a great run in um, January and February before, you know, we hit the pause almost two years ago. Um, and then, of course, you know, the ability to, you know, stand up for teammates. I mean, he's had some fights with Zidane Chara, and, you know, he's not going to back down from anybody in that aspect, so he brings that to the ice. And, you know, he's him, Corey Perry, and Pierre-Edouard Belmar this year have been a very, very productive and solid line for them as they try and replace the, the trio of Yanni Gord, um, Blake Coleman, and, and Barclay Goudreau, who all had to move on during the offseason. Pat, Pat Maroon's been right in the middle uh, of every part of this team's success the last two years. He he really endeared himself to Oilers fans. It was one of the first games uh, they were playing his former team, the Anaheim Ducks, and he said the Ducks had a tradition of every time they won a game, they would grab the game puck. Uh, the Ducks beat the Oilers, but Maroon grabbed the puck, skated off with it, and threw it in the garbage so the Ducks couldn't have it. Oilers fans absolutely loved him from that moment on, and uh, I think there's still going to be a lot of love for him when he uh, plays tomorrow in front of a sold-out crowd down at Rogers Place. Eric, thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Connor, it's my pleasure, man. Anytime. Uh, happy to come on, and uh, you know, good luck to Oilers fans. You deserve uh, to see the team perform a little bit better than maybe they have uh, recently. There you go. Great stuff from Eric Erlandson. He covers the Tampa Bay Lightning. LightningInsider.com does great work. He's been covering the team for a very long time. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Eric underscore Erlandson. Uh, check out LightningInsider.com for more information. And, uh, yeah, should be an interesting game on Saturday night. 8 o'clock puck drop down at Rogers Place. If you're looking for some pregame coverage, Tom Gazzola. Matt Cass and myself will have you covered on TSN 1260 beginning at 6.30 on Saturday evening. And uh, that's going to do it for another edition here on the Other Connor Podcast. Got to thank both of our guests, Eric Erlenson, Tampa Bay Lightning Insider, as well as Jeff Walker of TSN 1260 for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, it's gut check time, guys. I mean, they've got to start to really get going here. Obviously, the big win over the Washington Capitals 
is a starting point. But, you know, in a couple days off, I think that, you know, we'll see here what, what they really worked on, see if there's a few things that they can clean up. I know the power play was better against the Caps, but after this game on Saturday, you've got the Red Wings and you've got the Sabres on Tuesday, Thursday. Last time the Oilers played these two teams back in November, they lost. They got to clean that up and turn that around. It'll be very interesting to see how big of an impact that has on the Oilers' playoff possibilities. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres doing the Oilers a favor on Thursday night, knocking off the Vegas Golden Knights. So now the Oilers, they got to do their thing, and, and we'll go from there. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast here today. Thank you to our guests, our sponsors, DraftKings, as well as the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you to you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.